Hello and welcome to the Research Connection Podcast, the show that brings current expertise and cutting-edge research and connects it with users in the community. Welcome to everyone listening. My name is Margaret Diager, and I'm a fourth year psychiatric nursing student and a research assistant with the Center for Critical Studies of Rural Mental Health. Joining me today are two very special guests who are here to talk to us about Indigenous men's mental health. First and foremost, I want to acknowledge the land that we are on. I was lucky enough to immigrate to Canada with my family, and it is of the utmost importance for me to recognize, respect, and honor the land that we are so privileged to gain our education on and to live on. We respect the treaties that were made on these lands and acknowledge that Brandon University lies on Treaty 1 and Treaty 2 lands. On behalf of Brandon University, I welcome you to the traditional homelands of the Dakota, Anishinaabek, Oji Cree, Cree, Dene, and Métis people. We want to recognize all nations across Turtle Island. Joining me today are Jason Gobey and Frank Takan. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Uh, my name is, uh, my spirit name is Omakwe Duamani, and I am a Dakota. I'm originally from Sioux Valley Dakota Nation. I moved to Brandon about 17, 18 years ago. I'm a survivor, and uh, me and my wife bought a house with uh, the money I got from uh, Interreason School. And I'm here at the Brennan Friendship Center. I'm a cultural worker and I do lots of things. Yes, you so, do. <laughs> so this is me, you know, Fred Tatch and senior, you know. And I'm very happy to be on this podcast to share some good words and teachings with the people outside that are going to be watching this video. So thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Frank. Jason? And thank you so much for that introduction, Margaret. Blue Sky is my spirit name, and I'm a proud member of the Eagle Clan. But uh, as uh, as my role uh, and uh, being Jason Gobey, I'm also the Ohitika and Ogijita, the Warrior Wellness Coordinator with Dakota Ojibwe Child and Family Services in working to develop and deliver uh, men's programming uh, within our First Nation communities and our urban centers, including Brandon, Portage, and Winnipeg. That's excellent. Thanks, Jason. You guys both do so much. It's really hard to put it to one introduction. Um, so I just want to introduce our research project just a little bit. So Dr. Rachel Heron, Dr. Jonathan Allen, Professor Candace Waddell, Dr. Kirsten Roger, Frank Tican, Jason Gobey, and myself uh, we're all part of, or still are, part of a research team who wanted to learn a little bit more about Indigenous men's mental health in Brandon, Manitoba. So our conversation today will give you a peek into what we learned and where we can go from here. So I'm going to start this conversation by asking, when you hear the words mental health, what do you think of? <laughs> Frank, would you like to go first? <laughs> You know, that's one of the questions I really struggle with. To me, mental health means uh, your mind is not well. And, uh, you know, as soon as I hear those words, I go, oh, oh. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's like a serious thing in the medical term. Mm -hmm. 
to be. But in our way of life, mental health means uh, that you lost your way of life mm. and uh, tackling on this, all this trauma that has been put upon us. To me, that's mental health because everything that's done to us in this world affects our mind, body, and spirit. Mm. And spirituality. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what mental health means to me. It's a bit scary for first nations people, especially mm. men, because they're not taught about their way of life. Their identity is so important. But majority of them don't know who they are in this world as a man. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of times they they know how to they know how to speak because they're so their minds are so corruptive. But all this uh, negative things that's going around this world, mm. especially where men are belittled by their partners. They look like I'm not blaming the women, but you know, some of the mothers use the kids against these men. Mm. So that's kind of mentally attacks them. You know, am I ba a bad father or am I a bad man? You know, all these things. So yeah, that's what mental health needs to be. So thank you. Thanks for sharing, Frank. That, that's such a great way of looking at it, Frank, and and I'm completely uh, standing behind you on that as well, too. And, and really, when we look at that disconnect from spirit, right, because really, when we look at how the spirit's healing uh, from an indigenous perspective of things, if there's a disconnect there, that vessel, that body is in survival mode. So it's it's going into all sorts of other areas of development to mm -hmm. stay functioning, right, or to numb the pain in other ways right yeah. so we really know that there's really a, a a larger sense of of mental health and and i think further to that margaret is breaking down that word and and from an indigenous perspective as well too when we break down those two words and in working with men are mm -hmm. we saying are we mental and are we healthy right so finding that connection between our mind and spirit or our body and spirit in understanding that we need to be physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually grounded, that's when we know we are living a well and good, healthy life, right? right. So there's really a, a breaking down the definitions of words yeah. is, is part of that work that we really need to do. Mm -hmm. I remember during one of our sharing circles, Jason, you, you mentioned, you know, mental health isn't part of our vocabulary. It's not necessary. It can't be translated directly. And as a Western practitioner, I was like, well, how do we expect to help people if it's not even in their really like frame of reference as to what that word means? How can you ask someone about their mental health if it's not you know, a word that they're, that they identify with or are familiar with. And that really struck me as a, as a very important point to keep talking about. Well, and look at the, the areas of, of seeking that help, seeking that healthy lifestyle, right? Now we're looking at two worlds of delivery and support to that. Mm -hmm. We're working with medicine and we're working with medicine, mm -hmm. right? Now, to me, I know the differences between those two words. Even though they're spelt the exact same way, yeah, we're now talking about a holistical spiritual approach to medicine versus conventional medicine used in the Western delivery of health. Absolutely. Because a lot yeah. of times 
these men are not heard. You know, they go to counseling and they're told what to do. Mm. They're not listened to. You know, these counselors don't listen. Instead, they tell them what to do. And when you look at First Nations, Métis people, this is what the government did to us. You do this, you do that, you do this. Mm. So we're part of told, being told what to do. So this is where a majority of these, our young men back off because it, you know, enough is enough. Right. So you have to have a better understanding how to counsel First Nations men. You have to get that, that trust. Mm. Trust is a big issue. So you have just to use, use the example of going into a doctor's office. You sit down, you describe your health conditions. The doctor writes you a prescription, sends you out the door to go get conventional medicine. Right. Has he listened to you? Has mm. he heard you actually talking about the pain? Right. Now, again, we're talking about emotional, in, that, that, that spiritual pain versus right. physical pain that we're feeling within our bodies. Definitely. And that kind of leads me on to my next question, which is, what are some of the barriers that Indigenous men face in terms of good mental health and healing and access to mental health care? Could you speak to that? I think the barriers are identity. Mm. Uh, again, they don't know who they are in this world as men. Because a lot of men say, I'm a man, but really they're not. Because there's a teaching where before you become a father, a dad, you have to become a man first. Because there's teachings within the men. The uncles, the grandpas teach you how to be a man growing as a little boy. And those teachings are lost. So that's one huge barrier. Mm. And to participate in ceremonies, just a simple smudge. You know, those things are missing in our first thesis men. They don't know how to do those things because they're not taught. Yeah. And majority of our men are incarcerated. They're in jail. Mm. And this is where they're learning about themselves in jail. Right? right? So when they come out here, there's nothing provided for them. You go to the reserves, there's nothing. Because majority of the northern people are Christianized. Mm. So there's another barrier there. So they don't understand that they're totally lost, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Mm. And that's a huge barrier. Yeah. So, when you really look at intergenerational trauma as well, too, and that I guess one of the big barriers that we see is that lack of trust, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. When we talk about building relationships, we talk about understanding and getting to know each other, not just reading a form and looking at my metrics on, on, a, on a physical med sheet, right? right? But understanding the true individual sitting in front of you, mm -hmm. then you're able to really understand a soluble solution that may work for that individual, right? But really when we think about that intergenerational trauma that's been affected, especially down through our families and most families, and this is a true honesty out there. Most of our Indigenous families have someone within their family who has been affected or a lived survivor of Indian residential schools. So when we think about that, and we think about the blood memory that travels from family member to family member, we also carry a lot of that mistrust, right? And then how do we build that? How do we rebuild that within community? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, that 
the DNA from the intergenerational trauma and that it is almost perpetuated within the systems that we're still trying to break down. What does it mean when I say heal through culture? It's the, the healing journey is something that we've talked about in um, our writings with, with you. What does that healing through culture mean to you? To me, healing through culture means our ceremonies. Mm. Like for me, I'm a survivor and what saved my life is a sweat lodge. That's what really saved my life is going to that ceremony, that sweat lodge ceremony. That really woke me up. Mm. And uh, to pray. Look, I didn't know how to pray at first coming home from Anchorage to school mm. because my parents were Christians. They didn't understand about our culture, our traditions, because mm. they too were traumatized. You know, my mom went through Anchorage school up here in Brandon here. My dad went to Lumber, Saskatchewan. So there's a huge within our family. Right. Also went to Indians school. Mm. I can clearly say Sweat Lodge, the Sundance, the Vision Quest really saved my life. Wow. And just simple prayer and smudge. Yeah. And that's what keeps me going. And to know who I am in this world as a man, as a Dakota man. Mm. I found that true identity through those ceremonies. And to get that spirit name, that really, really opened my eyes, opened my heart. So now, you know, my path is set. Mm. So now I'm walking. I don't look back now. I just keep walking. I do what I can for myself, for my family, and for the people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the ceremonies really saved my life. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said that so nicely, Frank, and when we talk about that connection to culture, when we talk about that connection to our own heritage, right, Mm -hmm. and understanding the root system of where that came from, and understanding at the same time, too, that we are not from this land, but we are of this land. We understand we're connected to everything. Mm -hmm. When we realize the connections that we do share, we start understanding ourselves a lot better. Mm -hmm. When we've opened up that door of acceptance, we can now be advocates for change in others as well too Mm -hmm. we can help enlighten that circle and make it a wider opportunity for others to join but we have to welcome it we have to understand it and we have to see it in community and that's one of the beautiful things that we're now seeing in brandon is there's a reflection of that in community pride is being resurged revived Mm-hmm. So we know our people see themselves in community. We know we exist out there. We're no longer hidden. We're no longer talked about in, in, in all negative ways. Mm-hmm. But we're sharing the positive stories. We're sharing the enlightenment of health through culture and grounded in culture. Mm-hmm. And what this does in changing the face of how we work with communities moving forward. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. I've been doing a lot of reflecting on the research that we've been doing. I've been quite lucky to have um, been there and been able to uh, help with some of the analysis with the research. And I've learned a lot. Is there, could you share something that has stuck out for you with what you learned from the men who were brave enough and kind enough to teach us through this research? 
This is an unprepared question. I'm sorry, I'm springing it on you. All right. I think one of the things that, that we saw by doing this was providing the space. Mm. You know, I, I always look at that field of dreams. If you build it, they will come, right? right? But we don't do that enough. We talk mm. about it a lot, but we aren't acting on the actions yeah. of actually mm. finding the space, working with the venues and putting the invitation out there. So right. we're getting better at this. And the more we find those safe spaces for men to gather, the closer and connected we are going to be with each other, with communities, with our families, and with our own health. Mm. Definitely. Frank, is there is there something you'd like to share about what you uh, what stuck out for you? For me, what I saw is that the men trusted us mm. between me and Jason to create that safe environment within that building is my smudging. And to say what's real, not to lie to them, just say what's real. Mm. And that's how I walk. You know, I, I speak honestly and truthfully. And this is where a lot of men feel comfortable with me. Yeah. So you gain that trust first. So how the men open up within that ceremony. So again, you know, a lot of men are starving for these ceremonies. Mm. They're starving for these ceremonies. And sometimes we can't accommodate them because uh, this epidemic that we're going through. Yeah. But once we get over that, then yeah, the sweat lodges will be going again. Mm. So that's, that's what I saw. Yeah. The other connections that we we were lacking was was our opportunity to do it on the land mm -hmm. and i think that that's those are next steps right in working with our men and, and working with with others uh, through any type of ceremony is that we we connect directly with land mm -hmm. and, and there's truly so much more mother nature has to share with us as a teacher mm. um and, and that surrounds us in every opportunity that's out there there are lessons being taught to us every day outside the four walls we call offices and homes. Yeah. But we need to be listening. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So I think that this podcast is going to reach people that we don't get to see every day that maybe don't follow uh, the Friendship Center on Facebook or, you know, maybe haven't ever set foot into a Friendship Center or maybe they have. Um, so if you could offer advice or offer some form of guidance to anyone listening today about mental health, about specifically men's mental health, specifically Indigenous men's mental health, what would you put out there? For myself, change your coping skills to, you know, in a, in a positive way, you know, because uh, that's the advice I give to the young men that come through my doors, mm. you know, start Leave the past alone. It's gone. Can't do nothing about it. Mm. I think the other side of things as well, too, and, and one of the bigger takeaways from this as well, is to our non-Indigenous community in understanding ceremony, understanding the practices and the protocols that come with ceremony. Because oftentimes we we see and, and we're held around by indigenous leaders and spiritual leaders like frank who who are visionaries mm. who take that moment to understand the visions put in front of them but when we look at this from a medical perspective in that western way of things we say they're delusional 
they're right. they're seeing hallucinations mm. but we need to really understand where where that sits within spirituality in that indigenous environment right. because we're too quick in the medical sphere to make a check mark on a metric to say that this person now needs medicine mm. right mm -hmm. But if we understood how connected they truly were to culture and ceremony, this person at the end of the day might have been more healthy than that doctor. Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's something I will never forget from from the work that I've been fortunate enough to do with both of you is that it's not as easy as a check mark on a metric, right? It's not with any person. And especially not um, with people from, you know, cultures perhaps different from mine, that it, you know, it takes that listening and understanding and, and knowing that you're not always going to be right, but to just sit and, and listen and not try to just fix with what schools told us on a five-step plan. <laughs> well, and one of the bigger takeaways too was from the researcher's perspective of things, in sitting outside of that circle, mm, in absolutely. understanding what it meant to be disconnected, but connected in a different way, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So we're really trying to get people to truly understand, but to be respectful in the way that we do move forward mm -hmm. and we practice ceremony and we change the way we look, talk and feel research with Indigenous peoples. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Would you care to speak a bit about how the research process was for you? The, the research process and for me was an enlightenment. Hmm. We did not move quickly into this. And Frank, I want to thank you for, for providing me one of these strongest teachings that I've, I've learned. Mm -hmm. We have to walk before we run, hmm. right? And we truly took our time and nurtured the the lessons we were all learning the knowledge we were all sharing amongst each other and understanding how we needed to do this in a good way in a safe way and mm -hmm. in, in an understanding way and i think the more we looked at this and the more we actually put our brains together and coming up with a valuable plan it actually was able to knock down those doors that we needed to get through in mm -hmm. the areas of ethics and working through community a lot mm -hmm. faster right yeah, yeah. Is there well, any, anything you'd like to add, Frank? For myself, uh, I just felt felt really good inside. Mm. It helps some of these young men. You know, they're asking for help, and there, there we are. You know, just just like that. And sometimes things happen for a reason. Mm. And this is one of the reasons why it happened for our young men in this community. I like to see it happen more. But yeah, again, that's that's another another level. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So before we wrap up here, our time always goes so quickly when we're all together and when we're all speaking. Um, I is there anything else that you would like to add? This podcast is in promotion of men's mental health, getting the conversation going. Is there anything that, um, Jason, you would like to add about um, just this topic in general before we close off? I think if I could have one wish, it would be to invite people to sit with each other, mm. right? To open up your door, to get outside of your office, to visit with a neighbor, and create that relationship 
because when we truly start seeing each other as allies and as friends and as relatives, it's so much easier to work with each other, to stand united with each other and mm -hmm. to support each other through the hard times. Yeah, now more than ever, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and Frank? Wow. All I could uh, say is that men that are out there, don't give up. Mm. Life is too precious, especially when you bring life into this world as being a father. Don't lose that. Mm. Don't give up on your kids or on yourself or your partner. Never give up. We have to look at our ancestors. They brought us this far. They never gave up. They fought and fought and fought for their health, for the prosperity. They fought for everything. And today, this is why we're here. So I ask the men out there, young men, don't give up. Because the worst thing you can do is give up. Yeah. Don't give up your life. So yeah, thank you. It's a wonderful message. Thank you so much for sharing, Frank. This is, like always, been such a pleasure to speak with both of you. I think next time we sign up for an hour and then two and then four, and <laughs> we just keep it going. <laughs> um, so I would like to thank you both again for your taking the time to chat with me today. This is the first time I've done a podcast, I think, first time for, for both of you as well. A um, little bit strange to do it this way. We're usually, you know, face to face and... Um, usually sitting in circle as well when we're doing this research together. So this has been a little bit different, but I am so grateful that we were able to do it. This topic is so important and we need to keep this conversation going. Um, so I'd like to say thank you to everyone who is listening. And if you have any, if you'd like any more information about our study, please contact Dr. Rachel Heron at Brandon University. Thank you. Miigwech, Margaret. All right, bye everybody. Thank you for listening to the Research Connection podcast. You can visit our website for links to everything that was mentioned in the episode and for more Research Connection content at www.brandonu.ca slash bu-cares. Be sure to rate and subscribe so you can stay up to date with current research that impacts your community. Thank you.